Welcome. This is a show about movies. You're listening to PhilCast. And welcome back to PhilCast. As always, I am your host, Phil Walsh. want to thank you for tuning in to what is now Episode 7. Wow, Episode 7 of this ongoing series dedicated to the movies, the good, the bad, everything in between. I like to talk about it all on this show, but especially movies I am passionate about seeing, movies that connect with me. Movies that resonate on an emotional, spiritual, psychological level. Movies that speak to the human condition. And movies that can be enjoyed and relatable, even if they are all fantastical or or otherworldly in some cases, but are grounded in emotion and in a reality which we all can relate to and understand. Those are the movies that I I, I am passionate about seeing. Those are the movies I enjoy talking about with you. It's been what I've made the focus of this show. And today, I want to talk to you about a movie that I recently discovered perusing Netflix one evening. And the movie is called Let Me In. Now, I am not a usual fan of vampire movies, and it's not that I don't enjoy them. It's just that many, not all, but many of them are repetitive, derivative, and boring. Dracula, the original with Bev Lugosi, is still, in my humble opinion, the definitive gothic live-action vampire film. And Nosferatu is the greatest silent film ever made and the greatest vampire story brought to film. Now, vampire movies are difficult because they follow a usual trope or story pattern. Rare do these movies break out of the mold and transcend the genre, and it's even rarer that these movies leave me with some emotional resonance or or impact after I've seen them. Now, as I said, recently I was perusing Netflix one evening, and I stumbled upon a film from 2010 made by one of my all-time favorite filmmakers, Matt Reeves who just so happened uh, to have made a movie recently, which is making quite a buzz. You have heard me mention it a time or two on this show before. Of course, the movie I'm speaking about is The Batman. And uh, this movie, uh, Let Me In, features many of of Matt Ray's fellow collaborators, uh, Greg Frazier as a cinematographer and Michael Giacchino uh, for the musical uh, composition and, and both... Uh, as as always, play to their to their strengths and really 
help deliver another another masterpiece. But uh, in any event, I had heard of this movie, Let Me End, before, and, and had sort of briefly seen the title and, and the synopsis in, in passing, but but it never looked much further. And, I, and I'm sad and I'm sorry to say I missed this movie when it came out 12 years ago. Uh, and, and not only is this a vampire movie with a pulse, but this is more than a vampire movie. It's a beautiful coming-of-age horror romance story that just so happens to be about a boy and a girl, and the boy is falling in love with the vampire. I mean, it's classic boy meets girl, um, just with the vampire setting. Now, the movie is a remake of the Swedish film Let the Right One In, and that was released in 2008, which in turn is based on, on the book of the same name. Now, in this remake, Reeves manages to honor the tenor of the original work while offer, offering something that is both new and exciting to the piece, and that is the exploration of evil. And really at the core of this story is a clearer contrast to the traditional lines of good versus evil. This is not a story of a vampire stalking the English countryside. This is not a story of a, a vampire high school romance. This is a story about survival. It is a story of acceptance. It is a story of friendship. It is a story of loss and gain, a story of isolation and acceptance and trying to find and understand one's place in the world. It's a beautiful, tender story, as I said, a boy meets girl, just so happens to be about a boy and a vampire girl. Beyond those sort of, uh, you know, what do I call window dressings, because the vampire stuff, it's a part of this movie, but I would not say it is the whole movie. The real basis of this film is, I think, what it means to be human, what it means to be accepted and what it means to to find yourself in someone and, and in turn have someone find themselves in you. Now, please be aware if you have not seen this uh, film and you are interested or planning to check it out, there will be spoilers from here on out, so you have been warned. Uh, so I'll just give you a rundown of the plot briefly. The story involves a 12-year-old boy named Owen who is all alone world. His parents are divorcing. His mother is an alcoholic. He's bullied at school. He's dejected. He's rejected. He's adrift without a friend in the world or any sense of belonging. And then one night at his apartment complex, he discovers a new neighbor moving in with an older, an older man who he presumes is, is her father. And the first thing he notices outside of the fact that they're moving in in the dead of night is that the girl, who he later learns uh, is named Abby, is walking out in the cold snow with no shoes. She's barefoot. And that immediately sends up kind of a, maybe not a red flag for Owen, but, but certainly piques his curiosity about this girl. And later on, when they finally meet and interact, she only comes out at night, which, which sort of fuels his speculation. And ultimately... Owen and Abby are bonded because they are two isolated beings. 
They, they are alone in this world. They have no uh, understanding, no, no uh, respect from the world around them and soon become intertwined in each other's lives once Owen learns of Abby's secret as a vampire. Now, the film takes place in the 1980s and it is set against the backdrop of the Reagan administration and Reeves really does a fine job at framing the film based around a speech that, that Ronald Reagan gave early in his term and he pulls quotes from the speech delivered by the president where he's lambasting, uh, lambasting the Soviet Union as an evil empire. Now politics aside, Reeves is able to frame the movie around this basis of Reagan's quotes on evil. Evil as a force which exists outside of the United States. Evil as a force which can be stopped by good and the pure of heart. That's the dynamic that is set up and I think it's it's really fascinating when you can take real world context and frame it into a fictional story. It gives the piece heart, it gives the piece meaning and 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 sort of a, uh, a relevance to our world. We can immediately identify it because, I mean, not only are you saying, okay, this takes place in the 1980s, but you're really getting into the, into the nitty-gritty and kind of the, the grime of that era. It's not all the sort of the, the, the glitz and the glamour of the era. I, I sort of almost look at it compared to, say, how Stranger Things sort of romanticizes the 1980s. This is almost a, a very real-world, hard-edged, uh, kind of nose-to-the-grindstone uh, view of that era, and it really sets up the story from there on out. And as I said, this dynamic of good and evil, not good versus evil, but, but sort of what we presume to be good and evil is really the basis of the dynamic of, of Owen and Abby's story. This is, this is not a, a classic tale. It, Reeves is turning the classic tale of good and evil. You know, Owen, from afar, is sort of the archetypal good, and Abby, Abby would be the archetypal evil, being the vampire, Owen, of course, being the, uh, uh, the, the, the human being, the, the, the boy, the innocence. And even though from afar you think, okay, this is, you know, the, the, the forces of good and evil are going to come head to head, that's, that's where that train of thought derails and we realize this is not a story of good and evil this is it's not a story of good versus evil or, or evil corrupting good or good uh, being tempted by evil and overcoming it this is an understanding uh, that both good and evil are subjective and and there's a scene early on after um, um, Owen discovers that Abby is a vampire and it really crystallizes this point that I'm trying to make. He he is of course the human. He is confronting and, and being confronted by this this inhuman beast. And as we learn throughout the story, there is the uh, the older man, the caretaker uh, for Abby whose name is Thomas. Now as an aside, he is going around town committing all of these these murders and and draining the victims of their blood in order to, to, to keep Abby alive, to, to allow her to survive. But he's, he's committing uh, the acts. He is really watching over and 
and protecting her and his his involvement in those in those crimes for gets the local police force involved and sort of sets up this this who done it aspect on the part of the police where they're trying to figure out what's going on but um by the by Thomas who is m much older probably you know 50 or 60s you know Owen thinks that's her father uh, that's Abby's father and and she later clarifies to him she says no he's he's not my father and what is discovered is that well, I shouldn't say it. The revelation is never explicitly confirmed, but the story seems to suggest, and Owen seems to believe that Thomas has been looking after Abby for 50 years, and what may have started out as a friendship or a romance in youth has, has developed into a caretaking protector responsibility on the part of, on the part of Thomas and and ultimately Owen discovers this and and fears that this is a fate that is set to befall him. Now Thomas ends up getting caught uh, for for um, for one of his you know during one of his uh, his, his his crimes and ends up you know, he ends up dying. He sacrifices himself so Abby can 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 live, but Abby is then without a caretaker and so when when Owen kind of puts all of this together he realizes oh my god is is this going to be me am I being selected to become the next caretaker for Abby because by now he knows he's a vampire he's seen her in in action he's seen this metamorphosis of this innocent 12 year old girl into this blood-sucking monster and during the scene where Owen finds an old set of photographs that uh, show a picture of Abby and a, and a boy about Owen's age, and and we're meant to believe that that's Thomas, her caretaker from 40, 50 years earlier. It's at that point that this movie, I think, really turns, and it turns in a way that veers from a traditional vampire movie into a real story of decision and choice. I mean, a, a coming of age story, if you will. And it's at that moment, that fact, when Owen discovers this this truth about Thomas, he's unnerved. And he is with Abby in the apartment at that point, and he wants to leave, and she stands in front of him. And knowing, of course, she's a vampire, knowing what she could do to him, she he point-blank asks her. He says, are you going to hurt me? Are you going to kill me? Are you going to keep me here? And it's at that moment, Abby makes a choice. She makes a choice, and she allows Owen to leave. Now, that showcases to me that, you know, side note, I know there's you know, some speculation, some people are like, oh, well, maybe this is, you know, Abby was, you know, grooming Owen, yada, yada. I, I, don't, I don't buy that. My, my takeaway from it, at this point, Abby is letting Owen make the choice and that scene is perfectly encapsulated as a moment of choice and a moment of decision and that agency rests with Owen she's not going to force him to do anything and that is of course later enhanced when the police detective who's been investigating the murders discovers Abby in, in the apartment and unknowingly uh, opens up 
the, the shades in the apartment and sends the sunlight in. And again, not knowing Abby's a vampire, the sunlight starts to, starts to burn her. And at that moment, Owen rushes in and stops the police officer. And Abby then turns and kills him. And it's a brutal, horrifying scene. But again, it's, it's meant to sort of show that, that evolution of choice because at that moment, Abby has, has now lost her care, her caretaker. She has now, has now killed this police officer in cold blood. That's going to bring the heat on her. She makes the choice at that point to leave and, and to leave Owen. And he, of course, is, is devastated by that, by that choice. But it, it, it illustrates, and I think it shows, that this is someone who, is, who, who truly cares for this individual. She's not trying to force him into this life. She, she's willing to walk away. Owen, of course, is, is devastated by this and, and hurt and sad because he has lost this, this friend, even though she is a vampire, even though she is inhuman. He develops a connection with her, which is very human. It is very real. They bond as friends. They, they develop more than a friendship. It becomes a, a romance. And again, even though it, you know, it's, it's you know, boy meets vampire, that's all window dressing. It's all to the side. You're buying into the story of these two people who are truly isolated, truly alone in the world and are just seeking belonging and acceptance and ultimately they find it in one another. And later on, when Owen is, is being bullied uh, by some kids at school and Abby has, has made the decision to leave, she's already left uh, the apartment building, Owen gets attacked and, and quite likely could die. And it's at that moment that Abby returns and she saves Owen and she kills all the bullies and sort of, again, presents the situation where she, you know, she comes to his rescue and saves him. And then he has to, to make a choice. And he makes a choice to then run away with her. And when you look at sort of the, the, the situation in his own life, his parents are divorced or divorcing. His mother is an alcoholic and unattentive to him. His father is disengaged. He has no friends in the world. He, he truly is adrift. He's alone. The only person that has shown him any compassion, any acceptance, any friendship, any love, is this girl who happens to be a vampire. And it's at that moment that I think their bond truly cements. And even though the, the movie is, ends on an ambiguous note, I, I, I came away from it that this is, this is a choice. They both have made their decisions, and, and, and it's really on a basis of acceptance and finding someone and finding in someone a, a, a reason to go on, a reason to live. And, I mean, damn it, if that, if that isn't beautiful uh, filmmaking and storytelling, I don't know what is. Because when I when I finish this film, and, I, and I've seen it now three times, and that kind of just, as an aside, gives you my thoughts. If I you know, watch the movie now three times already, I'm sure I'll watch it again in the future. It, it really stays with you. It really hits those emotional chords. And 
like I said, the, the, the vampire stuff is all to the side. I mean, yes, that's a part of it, the horror elements, but it's really about this struggle, this, this desire for uh, identity. And the fact that we're taking the ideas and themes of good and evil and, and contorting them and flipping them and inverting them, that's what makes it all the more powerful. That's what makes it all the more special. And what gives this story such a beat and such a forward momentum, I mean, it, it just, it stays with you. And, and I mean, I, I can't say enough good things about this film. It's, it's what I want out of a vampire movie, not your, your usual coffins and, and moats and then castles and whatnot. I mean, this is a real story about heart and it is about the human condition. This idea that we all want to be accepted, we all want to be a part of something, we all want to be discovered and, and ultimately loved. And even though this is you know, on its face a bizarre uh, occurrence, a boy falling in love with a vampire, a vampire falling in love with a boy, it's it's really about this this journey that two individuals go on and how they discover more about themselves through one another and, and then build on each other's strengths and weaknesses and and I think ultimately become better people <laughs> slash vampires uh, because of it anymore because you know a his parents didn't want him he didn't fit in at school he he had no real identity until Abby came into his life and so her rescuing him is kind of giving him the courage I think to to then make his own decision say you know what this is someone who cares about me this is someone who 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 loves me I'm going to be with this person and so you know whether or not you know Owen becomes a vampire at some point I I mean I I personally think it, he probably would become a vampire uh, at some point down the road in order to to stay the same age and, and kind of live happily ever after um, uh, with Abby. But, uh, I mean, again, it, it ends on an ambiguous note, so you know, your thoughts could run wild. But I, 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 I looked at it as, as they both make a choice. They both decide that they're going to to make a decision with their lives. You know, Abby has found someone who she not only cares about but has a connection with and can no longer be sort of on the outside looking in but, but actually be, you know, together and looking out at the world uh, with someone. And, and, and the same goes with Owen. He found his soulmate, just happened to be a, a, a vampire. And... I don't know. I found it to be such an emotional and 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 compelling story. The score, uh, the score. I mean, we don't often discuss how important a score is to a film, but this movie, no exception. The score by Michael Giacchino, who, <laughs> uh, surprise, surprise, did the score on the Batman, is top notch. It, it, it's it's riveting. It's, it's melancholy, it's uplifting, it's engaging, it's, it's tense, it's terrifying. And 
again, you're 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 watching what you know from afar should be terrifying. It's a horror story, and again, I I don't think any of us want to uh, want to engage with a vampire. I certainly don't. But you kind of put all of the, as I said, the window dressing aside, and you look at at the at, at the story. It, it is about loss, but it also is about gaining something. It is about overcoming isolation and 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 being open to someone else and and accepting to someone else and reciprocal uh, in, in friendship and in love and in compassion. Those are those are beautiful themes and, and that's a beautiful story that just happens to be told as a romantic horror story. And so when I finished this uh, when I finished this movie, I mean, you know, fireworks were going off in, in, in my mind. It was just, it was so touching. I think that's what really resonated with me the most is that, yes, there, there's the fantastical, fantastical elements. The movie is also beautifully shot. Again, I mean, that's a hat tip to the direction of of Matt Reeves, uh, as well as uh, Greg Frazier, the cinematographer, who, uh, again, here we go, uh, did the Batman, but it, it, it's a beautifully moving story. It's it, it holds your interest. It's fast-paced, but put all of the mechanics and and sort of the uh, the art uh, of filmmaking aside. This was a this was a, this. A beautiful story. It's a beautiful story of of sort of self-discovery and and kind of becoming your own person and, and making your own decisions. And and I think you know sometimes I, I have to say I'm always leery of uh, child performance or you know kid actors because you know sometimes it can be overdone or over dramatic. And and there's there's always that that difficult balance. The the actors in in this film, uh, uh, Cody Smith, uh, McPhee, and uh, uh, Chloe, uh, uh, what, what is her name? Uh, Chloe Grace. Um, I think it's Mertz. Um, they they carried the movie. They, they just they just sold the entire picture. And even though they're you know, 12, 13 years old, when they're when they're making this film, it it, it just you believe every single word you're saying, even though it's so fantastical and and dare I say otherworldly, their performances make the picture, and you believe it. I believed in in their performances, and thus I believed in the story, and and that's that's kind of the big kind of takeaway that I want to sort of wrap up this discussion and kind of arch over film uh, filmmaking uh, and, and movie making in general is that when you have characterization that is grounded in in our reality even if the the, the world is otherworldly or fantastical or over the top if the characters are grounded, if the emotions are real, if you can believe 
in the journey that the characters are going on, then you're going to believe what happens. You're going to believe in the fantastical elements of the story. And I don't, I don't want to turn this into kind of a, a Twilight versus uh, Let Me In uh, dynamic because these are two entirely different movies and entirely different purposes and in many ways genres but I, I kind of look at characterization from say Twilight and characterization from Let Me In and it is night and day <laughs> I mean it, it, it is it, it all comes down to believability because at their core both movies are about humans falling in love with vampires. I would say that the difference that, say, makes Let Me In a, 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 a say, a better film, I mean, you know, get into the whole teen drama or fantasy elements or, um, uh, um, you know, kind of, you know, who's this or who's that, but I mean, it, it, it's... It's the characterization. It's it's the story. It's the reality. There's never a moment in, say, Twilight. And yes, I I confess I have I have seen the Twilight films. There's never a moment where you say the character of Bella is terrifying, and. That, I feel, is such a necessary component when you're dealing with a vampire story, or, or really any story where a character is presented with a choice that is otherwise dangerous. Compare that to Let Me In. Owen sees firsthand how uh, Abby works as a vampire. He, he, he sees her multiple times in action, but, but, but the first time, it's, it's when his hand is cut and there's blood on the ground. And again, innocently, and she just sort of this metamorphosis into a, into a blood-sucking creature, and it's terrifying. And then there's another moment where they're together in the apartment, and Owen is uncomfortable. He wants to leave, and she stands in front of him. And and there's such tension at that moment where Owen says, "Okay, what are you going to do? You, are you going to kill me? You're going to turn me into a vampire?" And again, Abby makes the choice, but there's you know the choice to let him go. But there is that that tension, that underlying unknown of okay, this is a this is a human being ver versus uh, uh, something that is inhuman, an inhuman being, if you will. And I feel that is kind of what, what, what sort of separates, and again, I didn't want to turn this into a twilight uh, back and forth because they are two different beasts, but, but that was sort of what came to mind after I watched this, that, that there, is, there is a difference, that kind of when you are dealing with a fantastical element, it all comes down to 
believability. And, and if you can believe in the characters, you will believe in the grandiose nature of the story, even if it is so out there. I mean, I'll give another example. You know, you take Star Wars, which is just space fantasy and otherworldly and, and, and stuff that you could never see in a million years uh, necessarily here on Earth and, and in real life. But because the characters and their emotions and the situations that they find themselves in are relatable. You know, problems with, with one's parents or or feeling like you don't belong or, or trying to, to, to be the best person you can be or overcoming some optical, uh, obstacle or avoiding uh, temptation. I mean, those are, those are all real and those are all experienced emotions. And again, you buy into that, you ground that, you believe in the story, you believe in the other world. Otherworldly adventures, and again to tie it back to to let me in, that is what happened here. You've got the vampire elements, you've got the horror elements. You're willing to have that sort of suspension of, of disbelief because you believe and you buy into the characters, you buy into into Owen's plight, you buy into Abby's dilemma, and and you're with them on this journey as they are discovering each other, as they are discovering who they are and, and, and who they want to be. And that to me makes a great story, and whether it's about vampires or, or whether it's about just two average everyday people in a coffee shop. I mean, I love movies that are so engaging on an emotional and psychological level that in, in some ways puts you into the seat of the character where then you have to say, okay, what would I do in that scenario? I mean, again, you're able to you know, put yourself in, in Owen's shoes in this case and be like, okay, how would you interact? How would you feel if you met a real vampire? And what if they were a nice person? I mean, like, you just... The possibilities are endless, and, and that makes for for great storytelling. And again, I've, I've said it before; I will say it again. Matt Reeves is is truly a, a cinematic genius. He he understands how to make fantastical and otherwise blow the roof off of the house moments real and emotionally reactionary and and that is something that doesn't always mold together and, and a lot of filmmakers will try and, and swing and miss that element Matt Reeves again and again he, it boils down to characters I've said it before I will say it again it's all about the characters it's all about the story if you have your characters and your story fine-tuned and together that is what's going to make for a great movie and when it comes to let me in this was a damn good movie this was a great movie this I would I dare I say I would put this movie in a, in a, in a top 10 ranking I, I really would because it was so powerful I mean I mean like I said I I, I felt terrified and and 
overjoyed and emotional all at once. I mean, it, it would just, it hit all those different beats. And to me, when a movie can do that, and then when a movie can stay with you and linger and, and you percolate on the thoughts and themes. I mean, you know, sometimes it can be can be a bad movie that'll it'll stay with you and you think, oh my God, what what did I just watch? And you know, you can't help but sort of dissect how awful it is. Not the case though with with Let Me In. This is a movie that I have again I've seen it three times. I'm sure I will watch it again in the future. Try to recommend it to anybody who hasn't seen it uh, because there is something very personal and and human about this movie it speaks to that to that to that human condition which is the desire for all of us to to sort of break free of loneliness to find attachment and even though we may feel lost in the moment know that there is someone else out there know that we can be part of something bigger than ourselves all right there is that i have uh, i have spoken my piece today on the movie let me in i would recommend you check it out if if you found this interesting and if not hey still i would i would say check check out this film because even if you don't enjoy the story uh, i did show it uh, to, to someone else and, and they they didn't like it they 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 thought it was it was weird and just too much but uh you know hey whatever floats whatever floats your boat that's that's how i look at it um just engage with movies that make you think engage with movies that are that are thought provoking and this was this was one of those movies uh, I, I will tell you as as an aside writing is one of my uh is one of my many hobbies something that i or i really should say it's a passion it's something i do on the side, I'm actually working right now uh, on, on a manuscript that uh, I'm fine-tuning and polishing and, and looking to publish in some form or another, be it traditional or self-publishing. But uh, the point of, of, of that little little mini uh, side rant is that after seeing this movie, my creative juices were flowing, and and just th that's that that's the point of a great movie. It's to get you thinking it's to get you uh talking and i hope i have I, I think i've fulfilled that uh that quota today but uh in any event go check out this movie i highly highly recommend it i give it five stars just a beautiful piece of dare i say it of cinema uh, so with that i will conclude uh, my uh, little talk today coming in actually uh Coming a little shorter than usual. Uh, that's a that's a rarity on this show. But uh, any event, thank you uh, once again for tuning in. Thank you for listening, and thank you for supporting this show. It really it really means a lot, and I I can't say it enough. Your support and your response to this show has has just made it. All the all the more enjoyable. It's made it all uh, all the more worthwhile, and I look forward to continuing to speak about movies I enjoy, movies that I discover, and sharing those thoughts uh, with you. So, I'll be back in two weeks for another episode. Uh, stay tuned. Got a 
Got another interesting uh, selection to uh, to discuss. Uh, look, uh, check out social media, Twitter, Instagram, uh, for a tease in the uh, in the coming weeks. Until that time, uh, be well, stay safe, and uh, hey, go check out some great movies. There's a lot out there today. Thanks, everybody. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to PhilCast. Follow PhilCast along on social media at PhilCastMovies on Twitter and Instagram.